All right. So today on the podcast, we have Wayne Ryan. Coach Ryan uh, coached at Summers County High School for 30 years. Uh, he's very well known as a girls basketball coach there. And uh, now he is the assistant executive director at the WVSSAC. This is a wonderful conversation, a lot of wisdom, a lot of t- different topics covered. And I know you will enjoy this podcast. All right. So today on the podcast, we have Coach Wayne Ryan. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Coach, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just for the listeners, if you would give them your a little bit about yourself, a little background, that would that would be awesome. Okay, I'll do that. Well, I um, started my career uh, right out of college, went to college at Alderson Broadus. I was from Hinton, West Virginia, graduated from Hinton High School and uh, went to AB and was able to come home and uh, substitute for two years and had a lawn care business while I started my coaching career. And after two years, was able to get a full-time job as a teacher. And then I spent 28 years in the Summers County School System and I had a lot of jobs along the way. I taught a lot of subjects. I was well certified in many categories to keep a job back in those days. I did special ed, social studies, driver's ed, PE, in-school suspension, whatever I had to do to be employed and uh, coached a lot of sports uh, along the way. Uh, Coached girls basketball the entire career, and then at times had some stints as the high school baseball coach, high school softball coach, middle school football coach. Served uh, many years in the capacity of uh, athletic director at Summers County uh, at the middle school and high school both, and assistant principal at the high school. So I had a good uh, 30-year career at Summers County, and uh, that was and will always be home. And and, uh, then I had the opportunity to move into a position with the SSAC as the assistant executive director. And uh, that's where we're at. That's awesome, Coach. Talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, I know you were like a legend in girls basketball uh, in the state of West Virginia. Uh, go into that a little bit if, if you don't if you don't care to do that. Well, I appreciate you considering me a legend, but I, I had I did have some some legendary players who did great things, and we did have uh, I thought a perfect structure in Summers County that we did work, and I'm, I'm always going to say we because um, uh, I might have been the organizer and the head coach, but there was a lot of we and a lot of people in our community involved. And I had had great assistant coaches, great middle school coaches, and and great people that helped administrate and run our youth league. So, you know, I thought uh, there were several keys to the success during that stretch. And, and, um, you know, I I know we had the win streak of 105 games. I I know we won uh, nine state championships, and I know we won – we're runners up twice and we were in a state tournament many times. But the thing I'm most proud of is that for, uh, for, for 30 years, we were always in the fight. We were always in the mix and we were almost always in a state tournament. So I, I think the consistency over that run of time uh, is something I'm more proud of than, than really any of those um, exceptional records uh, that, that, that our, that our young ladies set at that time. But um we had, a, we had a nice structure in which uh, I had a lot of control over who my middle school coaches were, and they did things uh, just like we did at the high school program. So the kids were, were ready to go when they were freshmen, and terminology was the same, and a few things had to get tweaked. And uh, beyond that, they were comfortable with what we did. They knew what they were getting into. And when they were young in our youth league, the same skills and fundamentals were taught. They may not have had to play the same system because you can't train every youth league coach to do everything you want, but you can teach them how to teach skill. 
And so we worked a lot on skill development with our younger kids. And we were disciples of Sports City and uh, Jim Clayton and Shane Wagner. And, and we taught our, our shooting uh, fundamentals with low goals for our kids. We wanted them to be successful and shoot it right, not uh, not to throw it at an early age. And I think that was important for the development of our offensive game. And and then we had some big philosophy things and certain things that we believed in uh, defensively and behaviorally that uh, just paid off. And we worked real hard to make our uh, our good players great and uh, to make our average players good and to make those marginal players average. And we always wanted to play with a lot of depth and make a lot of people uh, be involved in a part of it. I think you have a lot less issues on and off the court if you can make that happen. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about how when you play a lot of kids, it really helps the team morale. And like you're saying, I think that's that's one of the keys to it. I, I think it's really important, especially in basketball, where you have that starting five. And it seems like in basketball, the, the term starters made such a big deal about, you know. But really, what I wanted was the finishers, and uh, we even uh, we even kept the stat minutes played. And it was not uncommon for some kids that didn't start to, to average play more minutes than kids that did. Because really, who you have when you need them at certain times is more important than who's there to jump ball. Oh, no doubt. Coach, you were listing off a bunch of different different sports there. What was your second favorite uh, sport to coach? Well, I have a, I had a background in baseball because I played baseball at AB. And I always thought I wanted to be a baseball coach. But I actually did that high school stint kind of late in my career as the athletic director, sometimes when you, you come up in a small community and there and there's not, not any options, you get self-selected. But I did enjoy baseball and, and, and still like baseball. But, but I'm going to tell you what's fun to coach. What's fun to coach is middle school football. And I had mm. no plans to do that. That, again, was one of those situations where we had a three-year window. The middle school coach moved up to high school. It was 10 days before practice started. Who's going to coach middle school football? Coach Ryan can do it. So there it was. And uh, – Grabbed a lot of people uh, to help me uh, learn more about football from the coaching perspective real quick. Listened hard to the varsity staff, begged them to come down that first week and help me as much as they would to learn the system. And But I want to tell you, coaching middle school football is a lot of fun. So, Coach, what was your philosophy, uh, you know, offense, defense, special teams-wise in your, your time as a middle school football coach? Well, here's what I understand. Um, you know, a lot of people that can coach can coach any sport in a matter of time. Uh, once they study it, once they learn it, because you're coaching people, you're teaching, and you're coaching people. And one thing I realized early was find out what your strengths are and play to them and identify where the other team's weakness is and where you've got good matchups and go to it. And so the first year I coached middle school football, we didn't have a great team as far as our overall size up front. And we had a few weaknesses, but we had a few really nice players. And I realized that, you know, we had to scheme things to make those players matched up appropriately against the other team in order to be successful. So that was a quick lesson. And I think with a basketball background, that, that wasn't too hard to develop. And there from then, you just go to your football people and you, and you learn from them and you uh, continue to study it and you you, uh, uh, you just you just dig in and find ways to maximize what you have and to put them in the best position to be successful. Coach, you hit on something there I really wanted to ask you about. You talked about how like having a philosophy, having a program, having a system at what point do you adjust that to your personnel? Like, is there a, a point where you feel like, hey, I have to maybe do something a little different because my personnel is different? Let's say in, in football or girls basketball or baseball. Like, at what point do you say, hey, I need to just kind of tweak what I'm doing to adjust to my my people? Well, I mean, I'll speak more to basketball since, uh, you know, that was 
a 30-year career and I guess the most known for. But, you know, I think you've got to have an overall philosophy that you believe in. And I think you have to have a system, but you have to be flexible and adaptive, uh, I think, year to year. And, uh, you know, evaluate your talent. How does it meet within your system and what adjustments do you need to make? What tweaks do you need to make? Um, you know, there's times in basketball you're going to have a stronger point guard than others. There's times your three may be a finisher. There's times that three position may not. You may have a five and you may be playing a four out of five. So, you know, you've got to make tweaks and adjustments to what you do. But you just, you know, change what you do enough to stay within the same system and your fundamental scheme, uh, you know, is the simpl simplistic way that, that we looked at it. Um, and so, I mean, we were pressure-based and defense-oriented and simply because although we worked a lot on skill and skill is the great divider, skill also involves the most human element. Um, the defensive aspect involves the most commitment and the most concentration. And you should be able to get that out of everyone. And so that's always your go-to. And what covers for you on the nights, the human element is not going well on the offensive side. We always believe that. So we won a lot of games with defense and tempo and attitude. Coach, I know like, like nothing about basketball, but you sound like Coach Carter from the movie Coach Carter. Would that be kind of accurate? Like play defense and let's get after it? Well, I, I believe that's essential. And uh, and here's the thing. we We – we played man-to-man -man defense. Uh, I, I still don't really know much about zone coverages. And occasionally, if the lead was really, really big, we'd go stand in a zone. But we didn't work on a zone. If we wanted to play zone, we just play soft man. I mean, that was what we worked on. Why, why change from what our kids know? So if we wanted to play zone, we'd just play you a containment man, not challenge you. But um, I'm not that we didn't have to go stand in a zone sometimes, but we did. But we didn't work on that uh, because that wasn't – that wasn't to our standard, and it wasn't going to get us where we needed to be. So, yeah, we, we based a lot of what we did on our defensive work on the full-court premise and the half-court premise. That's awesome. Coach, how did you balance, like, being an administrator, being an athletic director with being the basketball coach? Because that seems like a lot on your plate. It was a lot on my plate. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to recommend that uh, to a young person. <laughs> Especially to a young person with a family, I'm not going to recommend that. I'm re really not. Uh, but it's doable. Uh, you, you have to find out ways to work really smart. You have to surround yourself with outstanding people. Uh, it, you, have to, you have to have good help. And um, th those are big things. Your family has to be understanding. And uh, my wife and family were understanding. And, and um, you... Uh, you, you, you also have to realize that time is really not yours. You're giving it to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like time management, when I talk to people on, on the podcast, that's something that comes up a lot. What are, some, what are some tips on time management you can give to people who are looking to get into a, like a leadership role? Well, I, I think one thing, if you're going to have multiple leadership roles at the same time, you've got to be willing to, uh, you got to stay up. I, I believe you have to stay up a little later. If your night out helps you, because, um, you know, there were times where everybody else goes to bed and then you hit the upstairs office for a couple of hours, whether that's to prepare for the next school day or prepare for the next practice day or whatever you've got to do. Uh, that time late at night was uh, a valuable time uh, to me. Um, that was just me. Other people, it might work differently. I might get up at 430, you know. But for me, it was uh, hit the office late at night and get prepped for the next day uh, and have it ready ahead of time. 
no doubt. I don't understand the early morning people, Coach. I'm not an early early morning no, person like some I, of my friends. I'm not either. I, I'm, I never have been and, and don't believe at this point in my life that will ever be uh, be in my nature. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Coach, obviously you've coached in a lot of, lot of big games. I never asked this question to anybody on the podcast, so I'm looking forward to this. What are some tips to coaches who are coaching in a, in a big game, a big environment? What's something that they need to focus in on to help them perform to the, the best of their ability? Well, I think you prepare for that throughout your season with your kids. And that's by when we practice, everything was competitive. And when we, uh, if it wasn't competitive in a, in a drill, you know, one-on-one, three-on-three, five-on-five, one group against one group, then it was competitive with a score that had to happen in an amount of time on the clock. But everything had an outcome and had a result, and it was competitive. There, there was nothing done um, half speed or half minded. And I think if you do that, then your kids are ready for those big games. And if you schedule appropriately, um, I got some advice early in my coaching career about scheduling when it came to basketball. Now, uh, football is a little different. It's got a rating system. You got to make sure your kids don't beat up, get beat up physically. Uh, I realize it's a little different, but in, in basketball, I, I believe you should always try to follow the philosophy of scheduling a thirds, you know, a third that you're not the favorite and it's going to be tough and a third that's right there in the middle and, and a third you're probably favored because you never know your talent level and you always want to have enough enough success that your kids you know still have trust in the in the in the system so i think if you balance your schedule at a third in basketball you're doing good and in some years you know you're going to get you're going to get a lot of those you didn't expect but at least uh, in the down years you'll still get the ones you needed to get uh to keep everything going in a positive direction that's awesome, Coach. Coach, talk a little about, bit about the jump to being at SSAC. I mean, that's that's something I had no idea about, and I would I'm waiting, I'm loving the fact that I can be educated about that uh, as we talk about this. So, talk about kind of how that happened as much as you can, and then what what's your role at WV SSAC? Well, it, it's not a um, it wasn't a job I aspired to um, as a coach and as a school administrator. Uh, just like you have experienced as a coach, there are certain decisions or interpretations or things that come from the SSAC that you don't appreciate and you're mad about, and you like to say some things about them. Mm. And uh, I mean, I think we, we all understand that. And early in my career, I was guilty of that quite a bit because I didn't understand the entire process and how it all really works. And Mm -hmm. Through the years of being an athletic director, I got heavily involved in that West Virginia Athletic Directors Association. I, I got placed on some WVADA boards. Uh, I, I hosted regionals and I, I did some work. And then I got put on several coaches committees at the SSAC office. And I learned more about the entire process and, and got a better understanding. And, you know, there's some things that people really don't understand about the WVSSAC because they do see them setting up there as the master rule maker and the the uh, the ones with all the power and they're just handing down you know decisions that hurt kids and things like that and that's the absolute farthest from the truth because there's nobody in our office Dr. Daniel, uh, Greg Reed, Bernie Dolan who don't have a kids friendly background as as a coach and school person, but we don't make the rules at the SSAC. All the rules are made by our governing body, which is or, which is all the principals in the state. Every principal of a middle school or high school make up the board of control. 
and they recommend, they propose rule changes, and they have written the rules through the years. And, and our office's job is to enforce those. And so sometimes people don't like the enforcement of the rules that our schools have made collectively. And so that's misunderstood. And it's also misunderstood at our office and our revenue people. I know how it is. People say, you know, the SSAC, they got all kinds of money and they're all out to make money. But, but Zach, to be honest with you, we only make money in two ways. One is postseason revenue. And for some sports, because they are financially strapped, we don't even, sectional money all goes back to the schools. So basically... Mm. Some regional tournaments and state tournaments are our revenue, right. along with corporate sponsors, which kind of are our boosters, just like schools have boosters. So it's very misunderstood where our finances really do come from. But as far as my job in the office, I'm, I'm one of the assistant executive directors. My specific sports are football and golf in the fall, uh, wrestling in the winter, and track in the spring. I also take care of all ticketing, uh, all reimbursements, all the housing arrangements for our state events and all sanctioning. So mm. my job's fairly broad, got a lot of involvement, and uh, but I enjoy it. Uh, you know, you get to spend your career working in something you love in high school athletics. So I've been very fortunate about that. So, and the timing was right. Uh, my daughter had graduated. My son had was graduating the year that this job uh, came available. And it was just the right time if our family was ever going to make a move to do so. Mm. I mean, I've really enjoyed the like the coaches clinics y'all do uh, for the football coaches. I think that's really a good time to understand, like, okay, here's the points of emphasis. Here is, you know, the protocol of how to do things. And, you know, as a guy who became a head coach at 29, like that's really, those are really helpful. And I think that's a really, really wise thing for the SS, SSAC to do for all the, all the coaches. Well, I agree with you, and and I will tell you that once once COVID is over, um, I can't tell you for sure about this fall. We will hope we'll be back in person, but as soon as possible, those clinics will be back to in person because we think it's important. When we come out on the road, if you want to pull me to the side, ask a question, if you've got something, if you just want to introduce yourself so I know who you are when you call the office. I mean, we want that one-on-one -on -one relationship with, with the people that we work for, and so um, we, we can't wait to get back out on that clinic tour that we weren't able to go on, you know, this year and had to do everything by Zoom. I don't think Zoom is, is near as effective uh, overall. Oh, I completely agree that the human touch is, is where it's at. And I also wanted to say, I think y'all did a great job with this COVID business going on. I, I mean, we emailed back and forth a little bit, and I was just very impressed right. with how y'all handle it. Well, I appreciate that. And, and again, you know, that's something that, you know, there, there was no right or wrong decision. There just had to be a decision. And uh, sometimes during COVID, uh, we had the authority to make decisions. But, but, but let's face it, during COVID, these are, these are you know, uncharted waters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our governor has a lot greater involvement and has to during a pandemic. And our state board of education has a greater involvement and has to during a pandemic. So Many things, again, you know, were controlled by them, but it was our job to put out the information and to enforce sure. them. And, uh, you know, you take criticism and you do that. But I don't think anybody any in our office is afraid of criticism, but we do try to be transparent and we, and we do like the truth out there so people understand a little more. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, as we, we've landed this plane, I would love some, some wisdom um, from you about, you know, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to a young coach getting out of college, uh, looking to go into education? Like what's some, what's some basic advice that you wish you had in those first couple of years in education and being a coach? 
Well, first of all, I think if they're interested in coaching, they've probably got a background. And whether it's in that specific sport or not, I think you have uh, performed for good coaches and you've performed for average coaches and you maybe had a couple bad coaches along the way. But take what was good and use it and then develop your own way that you you would like to have seen it handled and the way you, you would want to be handled. And you have to be yourself as you build your own philosophy. There are, I mean, I was in intense and very passionate, maybe sometimes to a fault, but you couldn't fake that. And you shouldn't try if that's not your nature. You should coach under your personality. And uh, I think that's important. And I think it's just, you, you got to be a constant, you got to be a constant learner. You've got to, you've got to learn your sport, continue to learn your sport, keep up with your sport. You've got to talk to people. You've got to go to clinics. You've got to study things. Uh, as you build uh, as you build your philosophy and way of doing things, and then you evaluate your talent and you make it uh, meet everything you've learned. Man, that's awesome, Coach. I really appreciate appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, man, this was this was fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate it, Zach. Thank you very much for having me.